Have you ever received feedback about a behavior or a tendency of yours that was negatively affecting the team and you had no idea? Oh, how we all love the beloved blind spot indicator. If you can imagine with me a spectrum from left to right. On the very left is you sitting in your blind spot, going along with your day-to-day, -day, rubbing people the wrong way, or incorrectly performing a task. This stage of the spectrum is called being unconsciously incompetent. And you're gonna stay there until someone brings it to your attention. Once it's brought to your attention, you're now on the stage called consciously incompetent. Basically, you're bad at this and you know it. But after some practice, you work your way to the right into being consciously competent. You've improved in this area, but only because you're mindful and intentional about getting it right every single time. But have no fear. Once you've trained yourself to embed this change into your brain, you finally arrive at the end of the spectrum, unconsciously competent. Thanks to your focus and commitment, you're now able to perform this task or behavior well without even thinking about it. So the challenge for you is to think about the spectrum of competence when you're providing feedback to someone. They could be anywhere on this journey, including at the beginning in the blind spot stage. And all they need to get going? Someone to gracefully point out an area for improvement to get them moving to the right. I'm Neely Atkins, and we are The Recognition. question because there is just a small generational gap between the two of us so pop culture is kind of risky i remember we asked about boy bands mm -hmm. and you came out of nowhere with jonas brothers <laughs> um so the next question is what's your favorite disney movie of all time okay um i'm gonna have to go with aladdin aladdin mm -hmm. why i am a huge robin williams fan and he is absolutely fantastic as the genie he ad-libbed a bunch of the role apparently and yeah i mean can't go wrong with the genie and let's be let's be honest aladdin is a fine looking animated prince <laughs> that's, that's totally we don't have to use that no that's totally fair no i think the people should know that the people should you, know you've got a little i'm attracted to got a little crush on little aladdin uh, well, I will say, uh, my answer is a little different. Uh, mm -hmm. I liked Wally. I loved Wally. I thought Wally was cute. I thought it was smart. I thought it was engaging for kids and like interesting th things to think about as an adult when considering the future. So I just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting things to consider. And that, how old is that movie now? And it totally... It's on it track. Was, I feel like ahead of its time. It's on it's, track to be uh, <laughs> on track to be real life out here. Well, anyway, um, thank you for not uh, embarrassing with uh, you know an answer like Coco or Luca or. Listen, something. don't you hate on Coco and Luca? Uh, they're not. They're <laughs> not real Disney movies. Okay, uh, so we had a chance to talk to Amy Horton, who's the manager of customer service and sales for Bodville Brands. Uh, we asked her a number of questions about how to keep her team engaged. You know, obviously. Customer service teams are on the phones all day, just continuing to talk to customers who <laughs> are sometimes great, are sometimes not so great. So how do we keep that energy up? How do we keep them engaged? Things like that. What were your top takeaways from the conversation with Amy? 
I'd say one of the top takeaways was understanding, as a leader, understanding each of your customer service employees' motivation and what actually makes them tick. Because someone might truly just be there for a paycheck. Someone else might be really passionate about the brand. Um, But either way, you can find different ways to motivate and engage all of those employees. Um, So Amy did also talk a lot about different forms of recognition and motivation and appreciation, not just that annual award shooting for the highest numbers. Um, Sometimes it's recognizing something different month to month um, to motivate employees. Yes, all these things are great points, uh, and I hope you enjoy. Don't you dare close your eyes. Here is Amy Horton. We're here with Amy Horton, who's the customer service and sales manager for Bodville Brands. Uh, We're also here with the Kaylee Savona. Uh, Amy, thank you for joining us in the podcast studio. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. And gosh, I'm kind of starstruck a little bit. I've been listening to your pods and they have been so inspirational. So thank you for having me. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, So Amy, obviously, um, the impact and the importance of the work that you and your team are doing for Bodville Brands. Uh, is incredible and is much needed. So we wanted to get you in here. I know we've been back and forth uh, trying to trying <laughs> to get you. Um, you know, your team carries a lot of responsibility in, in ensuring customer success and customer satisfaction, and um, you know, being so important for our reputation a- across the board. Uh, you know, a valuable part of the company. So just for that alone, you're, <laughs> you're a star that needs to be in here and, and shared with the universe. But we've been talking about employee engagement and uh, its current levels considering the environment. And I think customer service teams especially, uh, there are some different concerns or areas of focus to keep those employees and those team members engaged. So we're hoping to ask you a few questions, learn a little bit about how to keep those uh, customer service team members uh, at their peak performance, at their peak engagement. Uh, And then hopefully the HR and people leaders that are listening can take some of that home to their uh, companies and and apply some of those strategies. So I'm looking forward to the conversation. Well, I'm looking forward to it as well. With my 21 years of uh, leadership experience and customer service, it's it's interesting how times have changed. you know, the the concept of, of customer service in itself, really the core foundation of it remains the same, but it's just so interesting how things have changed over the years. It's kind of like the foundation is the same, but the tools and the vehicles in which we use have definitely changed over the years. Awesome. So let's start at the top. I mean, how do you keep a team? I believe it's 12 team members. How do you keep, yes. how do you keep a team like that motivated and energized from day to day? Well, it's definitely, um, it's a labor of love, really. You know, it's all about building relationships with your employees. And, you know, with, with customer service, I think the the churn rate is anywhere from like 35 to 40% across all industries and in, in, uh, call centers. So it really is essential um, to build relationships with your employees, understand what makes them tick. You know, why are they in customer service? Is it because of, you know, the fact that they love um, 
talking with people when they're extremely social, or maybe this is, you know, kind of like a fallback thing while they're pursuing other career options. Um, you know, just finding out those details about your employees will set you up for success. Of, of course, it's like Leadership 101, right? You have to set expectations. Um, so your employees need to know what they're trying to achieve. Um, so you just have to make sure that that's you know, in, in the forefront, um, it's in the present, and any progress updates are provided to them um, continuously, uh, coaching sessions, that sort of thing. So how often are you able to have one-on-ones with your team members? I imagine with, you know, 12, that's kind of tough to, to be on a you know, very frequent basis. So how often are those one-on-ones happening? Um, right now, they're happening bi-weekly. So each rep will have two coaching sessions per month. And then I'm always available, you know, at my desk. I get up and, and walk around and engage with my team as frequently as I can um, just to make sure that everything is okay. And I'm, t- you know, testing the temperature of the team to make sure that everything is going smoothly and where I can help. I'm curious how much you think the motivation for customer service teams is somewhat of a naturally driven um, internal you know, motivation that those people have, or do people come in with resilience? Does it take a certain type of person or how much of that is taught and trained and what type of training, if any, do customer service team members go through in order to learn that resilience? Mm -hmm. That is a great question. And always um, something that we like to say here at Bodville Brands is that um, customer service is an attitude. It's not a department. We all are customer service. And the fact that, um, you know, you have a variety of different departments, marketing, product, all of those um, those contributors that have um, gone into providing a product to the customer, giving them a service or a product that they're interested in, knowing that um, customer service basically is the foundation on which all of that sets. Um, it, it's just... It's letting those individuals know how important they are and the impact they make within the organization because all of this, you know, work, it could be spent, you know, countless hours, um, you know, dealing with, you know, making sure we have the right products that our customers are interested in. But if we drop the ball, then it's like all of that work is, is kind of gone. So I think really... First of all, um, getting back to the fact that it's an attitude, you know, you want to, whenever I hire or whenever I'm interviewing, I look for attitude rather than skill necessarily. So it's not necessarily that I am looking for a ton of customer service background experience. Um, I'm more so looking for how engaged are they during the interviewing process? What kind of personality do they have? Did I enjoy talking with them? You know, chances are if I didn't. Neither will our customers. So I start from that foundation. Um, from there, just setting, sending some some ground rules, not ground rules, but a, a pathway, setting up that journey for them so they understand what is expected. And I think some one thing that I absolutely love that we do here is is we not only onboard but we pre-board. And so right after that person accepts our offer for the position and they receive that welcome box so for did you receive a welcome box when you yes. were hired in yes right you know a few weeks before i started and it was lovely it, it's just so unexpected right mm-hmm. so um i think just knowing that we're excited as a company to have them that also helps build that motivation um 
And then I think just coming in, um, again, I, I mentioned laying that groundwork of setting up the journey for the, the training um, and just making sure that they are set up for success and um, are taught everything that they need to know. Um, I think that is definitely a, a big thing that uh, keeps people working. If, if you feel confident in what you're doing, chances are you're going to remain in that position. So definitely finding that right fit in the first place when hiring and then pre-boarding, onboarding, all of that mm-hmm. is really important. And those one-on-ones um, that Neely brought up, are there any other like very important checkpoints that you try to hit? I mean, we do tend to celebrate 90 days around here. Is mm-hmm. it even sooner? You're checking in 30 days have gone by 60 days, 90 or even beyond. Are there certain checkpoints that you tend to have or surveys that you send out to your employees to make sure they're they're feeling like they are the right fit too. Well, I think that um, initially when we're onboarding, um, our HR department does an excellent job of um, having each of the the new hires fill out a survey form so we can identify their likes, um, what they're interested in, um, down to the to you know what what is your favorite restaurant, um, you know do you have pets, what is your home life like, um, you know what's your favorite sports team, anything that can help equip us to better um, help motivate them through gifts or. Um, you know, just acknowledgement, um, just understanding each other. And again, just going back to the, the fundamentals of building that relationship, just understanding each other really helps out. So in addition to getting to know the person and sort of their core values, you know, as a customer service professional, you kind of know a lot about a lot of things, right? So you might be some of the most knowledgeable folks in the building. So how important is connecting and aligning personal core values with company core values? Is there a passion element that comes into this to keeping them engaged that they are driven and they believe in the products that they're selling, the services that they're selling and the company that they're representing? And that gives them that little extra gas to not only keep going, but then in a maybe more difficult conversation to keep perspective on what it is we're really talking about and and keep that attitude in a positive space. I I do think that... um Passion is important, but it's not always essential. Um, I think ultimately finding the reason why the employee is here, um, whether it's, you know, they, it, it naturally it's for a paycheck, right? Maybe someone is money motivated. Maybe someone is passionate about the mission of the company. Um, either way, I think it's important to understand the differences in motivation and your employees, so you can speak to those whenever you're trying to motivate them. And always, I I like to include incentives as well, as far as motivation goes. If there's a way that I can gamify something, I definitely will. And really, I think it's just, again, meeting meeting people where they are, kind of leveraging um, skill sets and understanding um, the strengths of everyone when you are... um, when when I am building an incentive. Um, so I like to switch things up a bit. Um, 
you know, it could be around attendance, it could be around um, service level, um, customer compliments, right? There's nothing that keeps me more vo- more motivated than understanding when I have exceeded a customer's expectations. Um, it, it's just a great feeling. And, you know, I will even often go back and refer to um, compliments received in the past. And um, through, you know, we have a trust pilot review process. Um, that I read through consistently and look for those opportunities to share with my team when customers have specifically called them out as having done an exceptional job. So I think that also helps keep my team motivated as well. Yeah, what I find really exciting, uh, you know, checking the platform on a regular basis is, you know, as you said, your team is connected to other teams around the organization Mm -hmm. that other folks from sales or marketing or some others will will share some of those reviews yes. and will call out your team members and say, "Hey, this person absolutely killed it. Thank you so much." Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it they are the recipient of a lot of, you know, cross-functional recognition, that peer-to-peer recognition. How big of a how big of a factor is that in sort of their ongoing motivation and their commitment to, you know, the quality service that they're putting in? I think that it's fairly significant. Again, when you're having a down, a, a rough day, you know, it could be because you are, maybe you just got off a bad call or maybe, you know, your phone system isn't working or like your computer froze or something like that. Having those moments when you receive that positive feedback, whether it be from a customer, um, your, your boss, your coworkers, um, I think it's essential. It, it's really it's what helps me um, maintain my motivation. So um, I think it's it's definitely an important factor, um, and also it, it it's reciproc- We reciprocate that too as well because often we have. Um, you know, there are many times when my agents will be speaking with customers who have spoken with outbound reps or uh, people from other departments, and it's nice whenever we can reciprocate that um, those customer compliments. It kind of helps break down silos that can sometimes naturally occur between um, departments like that. Hey there, thanks for listening so far. Just a quick time out to tell you that we're all new here, and we're really looking forward to connecting with other like-minded people leaders like you that seek to create a more engaging and grateful culture at work. That's why we've created a group on LinkedIn as a place to share stories and information, engage in conversations, and to meet new people. The link to this group is in the episode description, or just simply search The Recognition on LinkedIn. I look forward to seeing you there. Okay, now back to the episode. I really like that idea of breaking down silos between departments. Um, do you think there's also more visibility with peer-to-peer um, recognition? Is there more opportunity for a coworker to see then that another coworker is having a bad day? And that's something that maybe a boss or manager might not see day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think um, that's the reason why I love what we do here, because not only do we um, identify ways to acknowledge from a manager or leadership perspective, but also peer-to-peer. Um, I think that it, in in most cases, honestly, it's more impactful when it's from a peer. So um, the fact that we promote peer-to-peer recognition um, through a variety of channels um, here at Botville Brands is it's been very helpful in keeping people motivated. So, Amy, what's the difference uh, in the 
inspiration or the motivation or the engagement with a customer service team member that might be different than, you know, a regular marketing person or a content person or, you know, somebody that is not in a customer facing role that is not, you know, especially from an inbound perspective, it's as if, you know, the phone keeps on ringing and mm-hmm. it's kind of is not sensitive to how the previous one went or how things are at home or how, you know, all those other contextual environmental mm-hmm. things. How How is it different in the customer service space that really needs to be considered when you're trying to keep those employees engaged? I think you hit the nail right on the head because there's no break in between calls occasionally, right? You know, sometimes there will be. Um, But mainly it's just making sure that you meet people where they are and understanding um, maybe the the challenges that they're having. I think that goes back to, you know, consistent uh, one-on-one or or coaching sessions. You know, if they're consistently having bad days and and just noticing, like you, you, especially with my team being as small as it is, um, I, I have, I'm hyper aware if somebody's mood or attitude has changed from the prior day. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, taking the time and acknowledging when somebody seems to be having a rough time or an off day, you know, even just, um, acknowledging it in the moment and even like the day or two afterwards you know you can um, write a little note or or provide a little gift to them on their desk Um, it's nice because with our recognition platform we can um, give points you know maybe it's you know hang in there you're doing a great job even though that customer gave you a hard time you've been able to bounce back and thank you so much you're so appreciated for that Um, I I think that um, that definitely goes a long way Are there any day-to-day, many tools, I guess you could say, for team members to motivate themselves or clear their headspace throughout the day? I guess it might be different for every person, but what does that look like? It kind of is because like we have 22 different responsibilities within the inbound team, right? So when they're not on calls, they're doing other work as well. So maybe it's a matter of like just um, encouraging people to manage their time effectively um, so they're not rushed. Um, but there are times when you, I mean, you can't do everything that's on your plate mm-hmm. within the time frame that um, you would like to do it. So, you know, you just have to prioritize and, and make sure that you're attacking your plan as best you can and asking for help. Um, communication is, uh, it, it's everything we're about, right? We should be communicating with each other and if we need help. Um, and I think that help builds um, camaraderie on the team as well. Um, everybody acknowledging that, yeah, we can have a rough day. We can have, um, you know, times when we get thrown off of um, course and our responsibilities, but um, we're all in it together and taking ownership and just making sure we do the best that we can for our customers and for our company. So, Amy, we've we've talked about how, you know, organizations that are building a comprehensive recognition strategy kind of need to consider the gamut of the types of recognition. We already talked about how energizing that peer-to-peer day-to-day recognition can be. You've touched a little bit on incentives, but how, you know, how important are those annual formal recognitions or those informal milestone celebrations sort of along the way, whether that's annual goals or quarterly or monthly? You know, what's the structure of that look like? How do the numbers act as motivation for your team members and how do you keep them engaged and pointed at the right goals? I love this question. Um, it's it's one of the things that I'm most passionate about in my position. I love motivating and, um, you know, just 
incentivizing people to hit goals. Um, so really what I do is it, it, it starts at the beginning of the year when you set out your course for what you want to accomplish. So, you know, you may set up for a grant, maybe it's it's a trophy, maybe it's something large and tangible um, or monetary that an employee receives if they uh, achieve this top achievement annually. But then what I do is I, it's kind of like any goal, like working backwards and how you achieve that. So um, from there, I would break it down to quarterly goals and then monthly goals. And then, gee, what what kind of fun things can we do on a day-to-day basis to achieve those goals too? It, it might it could start out with something simple like um, totaling the amount of customer compliments that uh, a representative has achieved in a week. And whoever gets the most compliments receives something. And through that, others are encouraged as well. Um, and behaviors are affected. And I think that's that's the brilliant part of appreciation and motivation because it's all about behaviors and the consistency of them. Um, so with that, that also ties in nicely with showing appreciation because that also has to be consistent, right? So you could do things, um, little things on a daily basis. Maybe you can, you know, buy them a soda, get them lunch or something like that for doing a, a job well done, whatever that criteria or goal might be. And then you you kind of experience that to maybe include something on a monthly basis, whether it's sales, um, accuracy, you know, anything, you know, anything that is focused on gets improved naturally. So um, you want to try to broaden your scope of the things that you're focusing on. And we all know in customer service that that provides you, you have a lot of opportunities there, right? So um, it, it's just mixing things up. Um if you if you focus on the same things for too long, people start to to lose their excitement over it, right? So you have to keep it energized and and revitalized. It's kind of like the same thing with um, any organization you're in. I find if you're purchasing the same trophy year after year for five years, well, maybe you wanna you wanna spice things up, or you know, if you um, constantly have or consistently have the same certificate paper for um, achievements and, and awards, maybe maybe you wanna you know switch it up. Maybe it's lapel pins, um, maybe it's little trophies, that sort of thing. So I think that is also important. Just switching switching up the activities, switching up the kinds of appreciation, and that refers back to the survey that we would have done at the beginning of um, when the employees onboarded. Right? What are the things that they like? Um, so you can draw from from that. Uh, knowledge and um yeah just proceed from there well amy thank you so much these are some helpful tips and tricks you know customer service really is the face and the voice uh, of the company so keeping those folks energized and engaged happy and representing things that they believe and care about uh, are really important so i think by applying some of these ideas uh, we'll get closer to being the best that we can be so thank you so much amy thank you it's been a pleasure being here thanks amy Thanks for joining us today. And special thanks to The Fracture and Jay Matthews for their original music. Stay tuned for more episodes coming out every week that will touch on the topics that are important to HR and people leaders like you. If you have any recommendations or feedback, or if you are looking to partner on creating a more engaging recognition program, you can contact us at podcast at recognition.com. And as always, thank you.